Hi there, and welcome to the Homeschool Sisters podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Kara, and we're two homeschooling moms doing this homeschooling thing right beside you. We don't have it all figured out, but one thing we know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side. Hey, Kate. Hey, Kara. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to answer some questions today. Me too. We get so many great questions, and we can't always get to all of them right away, but we've got a big file. <laughs> we sure do. <laughs> so we're trying, to, we're trying to get to as many as we can. But before we start, we wanted to tell everybody about something kind of new. We're partnering with Audible to get so exciting. you guys a free audiobook. So if you go to audibletrial.com slash sisters, you'll get a free audiobook. What's your favorite audiobook, Kate? Oh my goodness. I'm putting you on the you spot. Sorry. I know you totally are. Uh, my favorite of all time would be the A.A. Uh, a. Milne when, like, complete collection. Ooh. With okay. Winnie the Pooh and all the other ones. Amazing. That's a really good one for kids. I love Is that Jim Dale? It might be. I love everything. His, his Piglet is amazing. Yeah. I love everything that Jim Dale does. He's one of my favorites. I was going to go with a grown up audiobook, though. I listen to all the Outlanders on audiobook. Mm-hmm. Have you read any of those? No, I need to. People no. tell me about them all the time. Yeah, there's there's a little bit of naughtiness, though. <laughs> <laughs> I've only Everyone w- needs a little bit of naughtiness. <laughs> I've only watched season one. I know season two is like, it's already out there, and then it just started season three. But I've only watched season one because I'm like, oh my goodness, like... <laughs> Watch it with like the doors closed and locks and all the windows, the blinds down. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but I do. I really like them. The narrator is really really good. I'm still. I think I'm still only on like the fifth or sixth one or something, and I've been listening to them for forever. But that's my favorite thing to listen to on audio on Audible. So yeah, if anybody wants to try it, it is audibletrial.com/sisters. Get a free audiobook. And who doesn't want a free book? You actually just told me we're reading Trumpet of the Swan right now, and you told me that that audiobook is amazing. (gasps) That is my favorite. I don't know if that's on Audible, but I'm as soon as we're done, we're probably going to listen to it because my kids love it that much that I think we can just like dive right back in. (laughs) It's so good. Like I, I love E. B. White. He's my one of my favorite children's book authors. Stuart Little was like the first big book that I read to my son when he was a baby. He was six months old and we went on a long um, trip to Maine and I read him Stuart Little and I don't know how much of it sunk in, but he ended up, he loved Stuart Little and Trumpet of the Swan and he wrote when he was tiny, like four maybe or five, he wrote a sequel to Trumpet of the Swan because he loved Louis so much. But the way he, the way E.B. White reads it is just so good. I love it. And I heard a story. I can't, I can't wait to listen to it. Have I told you this? Because I tell people this all the time because I'm kind of an E.B. White nut. Um, when he reads Charlotte's Web, because he reads that audiobook too. We have that one. When he gets to a certain sad part. I don't want to ruin yes. things for anybody. He kept, he kept having to stop the recording because he, he would tear up. 
That's why I bought the audiobook because I cannot make it through that book and not bawl. Yeah. (laughs) I just can't read that one aloud. And that's actually the book that I knew that my son, I mean, I knew he was reading, but uh, the school that he was in at this time was questioning his comprehension level. But he got to that part in Charlotte's Web and was bawling. And I was like, this kid can read. Yep. He gets it. Oh, I wanted to like video it and send it to the school. Like, take that. (laughs) Have you seen the book by Melissa Sweet, Some Writer? It's a biography of E.B. White. It's on my list. Okay, it's so cool because it's all done with like really cool collage. And I think his daughter or granddaughter or somebody actually contributed things from his life to it. So it's really, visually, it's a really neat book. And then it's also the story of his life. So... Kind of I think fun. you just moved it up on my list a little further. <laughs> so let's jump into questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So our first question comes from Karen. We have two questions that are kind of husband theme questions this time we're going to talk about. Um, it says, I'm looking to begin homeschooling next school year. How has homeschooling impacted your marriage and your relationship with your spouse? Any tips for making the transition without straining your marriage? My husband works a lot and I'm nervous about taking on such a huge responsibility with educating our kids and finding a balance where I still feel like I have some time and energy left to devote to a happy, healthy relationship with my husband. I'm looking for ideas and suggestions beyond the ever popular, make sure you go out for regular date nights. That seems to be the magical solution suggested everywhere nowadays. That is such a good question. Good question. Yeah. Really good one. Well, we do have an episode on husbands who work a lot. We do. Which I wanted to say, first of all, so we totally get that. (laughs) And there's a lot of good information in that one. (laughs) Yeah. So that episode helps a lot in terms of the working a lot and kind of coping with a husband that's gone a lot and still sort of keeping your sanity when you need a break desperately or <laughs> and can't get one yeah ever. or yeah or you just feel like um you know so much of the responsibility for everything is on you but in terms of the relationship um i will just go ahead and say that i have experienced it sort of negatively impacting my marriage a little bit um i wrote a post about it a couple years ago now called um, When Homeschooling Breaks Your Marriage a Little Bit. And it, I think, outlines things pretty well, kind of what was going on at the time. Um, I mean, things are okay now, obviously. I'm still married. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But the story has a happy ending. (laughs) Yeah, I, I think it's tricky because your husband is away all day. Um... And it can become a very, like in our case with two kids, it can become a very like the three of us kind of versus the one of him. And he gets home. He doesn't know what our day's been like. He doesn't know what he's walking into, but he's carrying whatever junk happened at work still with him. And there's kind of that really... In our house, it's like a rush time of day anyway because we're trying to get dinner on the table because he does work late and um, works a lot. So he gets home and it's kind of this rush and you know, sometimes just reconnecting in any way is really, really tricky. And I think what happens is you know, we just get um, in a routine 
of not checking in, of not spending any time together except for on the urgent things, you know, like one of the kids has an orthodontist appointment next week and I have something going on. Can you take the kid to the orthodontist? No, you can't. Okay. Which one of us is going to call to reschedule the orthodontist? And it's just those housekeeping type things. And so true. Yeah. And it just, um, and I mean, of course date nights help, but if your husband already works like crazy, when are you going to do that? <laughs> right. I mean, I can't remember the last time we had a date night in our house. It's our anniversary this weekend. And what we did for our anniversary was we went camping last weekend, all four of us. So definitely not a date night happening anytime soon around here. What about you? I feel like we go through patches where we have semi-regular date nights, like summer's good because college kids are home and sitters are more abundant. <laughs> And then winter hits and there's a huge dry spell. Um, I definitely feel like the connecting is hard, especially as school starts up and you have to run to soccer practice and, you know, all your dance lessons and things like that. I always use games. Something that we rely on is we'll have dinner games or we'll just like, my kids really love to do that, make up a story. Someone starts it and you go around and it's not a like, it's not going to, help our marriage, but it helps everybody kind of connect. Cause I feel like a lot of times he'll come home and he'll want to know what we did at school, but then kids are so bad at answering that question and they just kind of <laughs> stare at him. <laughs> this happened last night. I was like, you guys remember all the fun stuff we just did. Like we had been out hiking the other day, hiking and animal tracking. And it was like a really fun homeschool day. And they had nothing when he was like, so what happened today? They just stared at him. It was like cricket. <laughs> Like, this is actually a good day that you could talk about. <laughs> well, I think there's kind of, there's two things. There's one, the dad kind of gets left out of all the homeschooling stuff. And so he doesn't really know what's going on. And then maybe he feels a little isolated from it and feels like, okay, everybody's in on the joke except for me. You know, like if you have a read aloud mm -hmm. that you do and all of a sudden you're all making jokes that reference the read aloud. I mean, he's, he's left out of that, you know? And then there's mm -hmm. the marriage part, which is hard anyway, I think when you have kids, mm -hmm. you know, yes. it just, which it's, is important to remember. Yeah. I don't know if that's homeschooling specific. I mean, I think the isolation part is, but the actual, just having time to connect when you have kids that are very, wanting to be involved and wanting your time and attention. And, you know, when you have a spouse that works a lot, it's like my husband gets home and he just has a couple hours with the kids before it's bedtime. And then he leaves first thing in the morning and then we have weekends and half the time he has to work one weekend day. So there's just really not that much time. So maybe thinking of some ways to help him connect with the homeschooling end of things. Um, like you said, games. I think reading aloud and having him reading aloud and maybe sharing a book with the kids can be really powerful. And I saw something that Melissa Camara Wilkins wrote one time that I was like, oh, genius. Um, before her kids move on from like their learning part of the day to kind of more free choice activities, um, she has they email her husband and say, this is what I did today because they're unschoolers. So 
that way he can kind of know. And then it's also sort of a bit of accountability for the kids. And I thought, oh, genius. <laughs> I love that. We do something a little bit similar, not the kids writing to him, but I take pictures throughout the day and we'll send like little snapshots and videos. So he kind of knows what's happening. So he'll have something that he can ask about, even if the kids are not speaking. <laughs> when you ask them a question, he'll have yeah. a little carrot. <laughs> I love that. How, you know, you'll, <laughs> what did you do today? Nothing. Oh, all right. Well, I guess that volcano that exploded in our kitchen just made itself. On hike. <laughs> <laughs> we were out on a hike and we found 30 of these salamanders that they absolutely adore. 30 is our all time record. It was like crazy. They were everywhere. We still had mud on ourselves. We were like, had just gotten home. <laughs> What'd you guys do today? <laughs> Silence. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what? So maybe sharing pictures or writing down a couple things to just share. You and I both have that habit of trying at the end of the day to kind of write down what we did that day anyway. So maybe mm-hmm. just bringing up at dinner or whatever. Sometimes that feels like one more thing. Like, okay, I homeschooled the kids all day. I did laundry. I got everything picked up. I took the dog in and out 45 times. And now I've got to like plan this family meal that, you know, but... It's nice if that can be a time to reconnect. We've been having a lot of luck with the crock pot this year. And my husband has the type of job where he doesn't know when he's coming home until he's actually physically leaving the building. And so it's nice having a crock pot because I can feed the kids and then it's there and it's still warm for him. And my kids take forever to eat so often. He rolls in and they're still eating. (laughs) But I was going to say, last episode, I talked about a resource called Seesaw. And I don't work with them or anything. I just, my neighbor told me about them. And it's a, an online learning journal and you take photos. Kids can um, scan a code. What are those little funky boxes, those codes oh, that you see on? I know what you're talking about, but I don't know what they're called. So you can have one of those just stuck to your wall and your kids scan it. And then they go into their classroom and they can upload videos of something they did. Like if they wrote a book or they can read a story aloud and you record all of the stuff and you have one for each student. So it's been really nice because I've been able to show him videos that they took in, you know, in the moment of learning or snapshots that we took throughout the day. And it doubles as a portfolio. So at the end of the year, I just have to give it to my evaluator and it's all there. So it's been fun. That's perfect. You know, you don't want it to be like this thing that you're doing without dad. It's just, that's kind of the way it works. You know, it's, there's not any intention to leave him out of things. It's just when he's not there, it's hard for him to be part of stuff, you know, and that's just kind of normal. It's just kind of the way it is. I think it's great if you can maybe save something for a time when he will be there. Like if you get, you know, a science experiment that you're going to do or, um, you know, maybe a field trip. The thing is, of course, as homeschoolers, we all know when the best time to take a field trip is, is like a Tuesday afternoon or whatever, when nobody's there. But, you know, if you can save that field trip for the weekend instead, I was trying this week to get to the aquarium and they were having a free day. And so I was really trying to figure out how it was going to work in our schedule. We just got back from camping. We needed to pick up the dog. We needed to go to the grocery store. We needed to do all the laundry. Everybody needed showers and everything. And I was trying to figure out how to make this work. And 
finally I asked my husband, I just, I don't know how I'm going to make this happen and I don't want to miss it because it's a free day. And he said, well, are there any other free days throughout the year? And I said, well, yeah, they have like 50 free days a year. And he was like, oh, cause I'd kind of like to go. And I thought, <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, here I am trying to push this thing to make it work. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to take my kids into the city on my own, which is always a little stressful. And mm-hmm. he wants to go with. And so sometimes just inviting those kinds of things or if he has an idea or something he's really into. My husband did a president study with the kids last year because he loves presidential history and trivia. And that was great. And it was something that he could do to connect with the kids with homeschooling. I love that. So we just went into Boston and did the swan boats and we did the zoo with my husband and it was wonderful. It was like the perfect day. Yeah. So if you can share those kinds of things or save those kinds of things, I think that's really good. And in terms of the marriage stuff, um, we don't get date nights, but something that we try to do is we try to find a show that we both like and at least once a week we declare it date night which all that means is that after dinner, we go upstairs to our room and we close the door and we just say, we're going to try to watch a show. Now, the thing is, if the kids need us, we're right there. We're right upstairs, but we just try to make that time to connect I like that. and have a few minutes and, you know, usually laugh at a show or at least, you know, the next day, if it's not a comedy, you know, if it's a drama or, you know, something we can the next day be like, can you believe this happened? You know, texting back and <laughs> forth and things and, um, or sending each other, you know, articles that we find about the show online or something. It's just, sometimes you need to kind of push things, I think, or it's, it's not going to happen. I don't think good marriages happen on their own. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think it takes work. Yeah. And I think you're right that there's seasons too. And it comes in waves and goes through phases. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it can be so hard, cool. you know, when, especially when you still have little kids in the house and you're not sleeping and, or you're completely like touched out by the end of the day. And then your husband comes home and he's like, Hey, and he wants to hug you. And you're just like, Blah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All I want is to not be touched for five minutes, you know? And, but again, that's, that's parenting. That's not homeschooling. So no, yeah. If, you're, if your kids are in public school or private school, you'd be thinking about. There's a whole other list of things that you'd be thinking about that occupy right. your brain. I feel like yeah. Um, there was an article circle circulating recently about how mothers carry the load, like the family load. Did you see that one? Yes. The mental load. Yeah. And it's so true because we just kind of have everybody where everybody needs to be. And I know this isn't true for all families, but it's true for a lot of families is the mom is kind of in charge of all the birthday parties and the field trips and forms and mm-hmm. appointments and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's a different kind of mental load when you're homeschooling, but it's, you still have it when your kids are in school. That's you put that very well. I was like, some days it's harder. Some days it's easier. That wasn't so good. But yes, what Kate said. <laughs> we just can't turn off that part of our brain, I feel like. It would be easier if you could just be like, okay, now I'm in date night mode. Because I know. It is. It's not, hard. I'm not thinking about the orthodontist next week. Yeah. It's really, really hard because there's so much to keep track of. I mean, it helps me to write it down, but sometimes I find what happens is I have to say... I'm super stressed out right now. I have this going on and this going on and this going on and I feel overwhelmed. And I mean, the thing is, 
my husband, bless his heart, he is a good man. I love him, but he does not know what's in my head. (laughs) He has absolutely (laughs) no idea. I mean, I can be at the point, like, I remember one time I'm like trying to make stuff on the stove. I'm trying to do stuff. I'm trying to fill something out. I'm trying to do all this stuff. And he's like on his phone in the corner. And I've like got tears in my eyes, like my life is so hard. And he's like, I'm going to crush this candy. No, I don't know. He doesn't play that. But I mean, just completely oblivious. And all of a sudden I'm like, I can't do it anymore. And he's like, like what happened? This is entirely new information to him. Like two seconds ago, his world was like one way. And the next minute he's like, my wife is nuts. Like what (laughs) did she do? And because, you know, it's just, there's just so much in there and he doesn't know that. And so sometimes I have to say, okay, this is everything that's going on. I can't handle it all. We need to talk about it. And then we talk it out and then I can be fun date Kara, but Mm -hmm. I, I got to get it out of my system a little bit and just tell him. So, and sometimes those things do include things like I'm stressed because this child isn't doing, you know, isn't liking the math book that we got this year, or this child isn't liking, you know, whatever. And, and those things do stress me out. And he's usually, right. And those are kind of chronic stressors. Like they're yeah. not solved immediately. You can't just cross it off a list. If you have a kid that's struggling with something. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I guess I'd just say that your husband might not know what's going on unless you, you tell him. Um, <laughs> even good husbands can be kind read minds. Can be kind of <laughs> clueless when it comes to what's going on with their wives. So yeah. Um, I, I wanted to just say real quick, there's also a book that we're both in, Homeschooling What to Do When You Want to Quit. And in there I wrote about this a little bit more. So And one more thing, I think it also ties in, I mean, this is one of those answers you always hear too, but I think it's important to say is that it ties into self-care. And if you're not taking care of yourself, you kind of can't do all the things, not that anyone can do all the things, but we just recently, like I've been trying to figure out when I can get a good solid workout in without kids like popping in being like, mom, can you open this package of whatever? (laughs) Like it's not, I don't, I want to just have 30 minutes or 45 minutes to myself without interruption. And so I came to like a breaking point over that. Like I, I just need, I just need to work out without wiping a bum or like I just, you know what I mean? Everybody stop pooping. I'm trying to work out. (laughs) Just give me a minute. Yeah. (laughs) But then you get to that point. You're like, if I just, you know, do this one thing, I would feel better. So figure out what your one thing is that, and figure out a way to have it happen so that you aren't at that point where everyone's scratching their head, wondering what's wrong with mom. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She was fine just a minute ago. No, she wasn't. (laughs) Mom's just really good at pretending she wasn't fine. This has been building in the car for four weeks. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. But you know what? And the other thing is, I think Karen is super smart to be thinking about this. Yeah. And I also think that if she's worried about it, she's going to be okay because she's already realizing that this can be an issue and that you do have mm-hmm. to prioritize your marriage sometimes. And if that means that tomorrow, you know, you don't have the perfectly laid out diorama of whatever, because <laughs> you and your husband need to sit down and talk or you need to watch a stupid movie together or whatever.
Okay. Our next question is from Vanessa and Vanessa writes, I'm really interested in homeschooling and have been loving all the information in this podcast and both of your blogs. My husband is super open to the idea, but I know he'll be wanting to know the answer to this question. How much does it cost to homeschool? How do you budget for your curriculum, activities, supplies, field trips, etc. each month and year? For a family just starting to homeschool, I loved your episode five about not needing all the things, especially right off the bat, but I know he'll want to have a big picture ballpark number before committing, even though I like the idea of just taking things one month at a time, planning wise, never having homeschooled before. It's hard to guess how much material we'd get through in a month, let alone an entire year. Thanks. I appreciate any insight. Ooh, it's a good one. And it's a hard one. It is. Do you, tricky, tricky. you don't buy by the year. I don't buy by the year. So I don't buy by the year. That's a so little it hard. makes it trickier to yeah. answer. Yeah. I mean, I will say that I, my husband and I have worked out a monthly budget. And so I guess I sort of multiply that times 12. And that's what it comes down to. Um, we just sat down and looked at what we could afford and what made sense for our family and tried to decide on a number that would still prioritize homeschool in our lives and make sure that the kids had whatever they needed. And so we figured out kind of monthly like what that looked like. So that's how we came up with our yearly number. It's one of those things where it could run the gamut from close to free, like if you're being really frugal or like over the top. It just depends on your family. And I don't think one way is better than the other. I think it's just you need to look at what your needs are. I, I, I would go back to that episode and say that you really don't need much. I think especially the first year and especially if your children are young, you could go to the library and between the books there and the resources on the internet and free passes to museums and whatnot and library programming, you could get a thorough education, like without a doubt. I think investing in a couple books like you know, like, like a well-trained mind or Julie Bogart or, you know, something to kind of guide you along the way and then go from there. Um, we tend to buy things that I can use with all my kids and that I can use for hopefully more than a year or that I can resell. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of literature based unit studies and I'll get the books used when I can and I'll resell them when I can. And just really thinking about what's more bang for your buck. Like we love, Field trip Zoom, it's $49 for the year for a family of five. And that gets us into all sorts of different places online where it costs us $50 to go to the Science Museum in Boston. More than that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, you know, looking at um, consumables versus things, like you said, that you can resell or that you can use with another child. When we started homeschooling, we were because I was not working. I was working, you know, very, very freelance working. So, you know, there was never a promise of any more money coming in unless the phone rang. And our budget for the year was $200. Wow. Yeah. So it was stretched very, very thin. Now I had one child technically homeschooling at that point and we weren't using a set curriculum and we went to the library a ton and that's how I learned some of those tricks like requesting um, books that you know from other libraries and things like that um, 
our library actually allows you to put in a little thing that says, I think you should buy this book. And so I did that a few times. I did that too. Um, I tried to do that with things that I thought other people would use too. You know, not just some like really weird random interest that my kids had. We did a lot of library programs, which were free. We didn't do a ton of field trips, but we just tried to be very aware of free days and all that kind of stuff. So, and then any book that I bought, the first thing I did was look for the used version. And there were a lot of books that I bought. I remember for a penny, you know, but with shipping, it was $3.99, so it was $4. But there were a lot that I bought that way. We had some wonderful people who... I have a friend who was a second grade teacher, and so she would give me things that they had used. And when you tell people you're homeschooling, it's kind of funny. People will give you stuff, whether you want it or not. It's so true. It's so true. <laughs> and Especially when- if you have teacher friends. My yes. teacher friends had some of the best ideas. Like we did this, um, I probably talked about it before, but and it was a friend's idea. We did a travel journal and we took a composition notebook and we filled out a little bit about our family and our ages and we sent it to a friend in another state and there was rules on there and she wrote about her town, her state, and then sent it to another friend and it had a due date to come back to us at the end of the school year. And it went all over the place and people put in personal photos and email addresses and fun facts. It, It was amazing. And it cost me, what's the cost of a composition notebook and whatever the postage was. So there's some really, really creative ways to learn about the world. Mm -hmm. And there's whole sites that talk about free homeschooling and free homeschooling deals. And there's lots out there. Pinterest can be your very good friend. It can also be your very worst enemy because you get in this terrible, like... I want to make the cork board, whatever key thing. And like, no, just you have to, (laughs) but there's lots of good ideas on there, you know, and finding blogs that inspire you, I think is really good. That's kind of what I did in the beginning. I was, um, like very, I loved Waldorf stuff. So I followed Amanda Blake's soul from soul mama and Rachel Wolf from clean and, I felt like I got tons of ideas from them and tons of sort of like virtual support, you know, and what I was doing because I was new at it. And so that, that really helped a lot. And, you know, just like following our kids' interests and, you know, hiking doesn't cost anything. It costs gas, I guess. I don't count gas though. (laughs) (laughs) That, was, that, that anyway. wasn't part of the homeschool budget, um, <laughs> you know, and, and so... Yeah, but there's a lot that can be learned from just a hike. Yeah, yeah. So there's lots of ways you can do it. I mean, if you just have like a library day once a week, an outdoors day of some sort once a week, and then for holidays and birthdays, when people asked what the kids wanted, you know, there was always... There, there were always books on the list. There were always art supplies... Um, project type things because my kids love doing projects. We tried to do more like open-ended toys that lasted beyond just open and do it and then be done, you know, Um, that had a little bit of a shelf life in our house and things. So there is a way to homeschool really, really cheaply. But I think a lot of it comes down to what can you afford and then making sure that you don't 
throw money at that we've talked about this before that yes. you know the and first I think time a lot of people are guilty of it <laughs> I am the first year and then anytime I get anxious I'm like oh this will be great like right. I'll just get this book I'll just <laughs> put that in my Amazon cart and put that on my Amazon cart and the next thing you know you're getting this box and you're like I what did I order <laughs> try to fix this by spending money so if you can try to fix things without spending money that's better and if you have a homeschool community, people are great about sharing and borrowing. Yes, yes. And now there's Facebook groups and there's, you know, everything like community-based things where you can get on and you can trade with people and you can exchange stuff. So that's really nice to do too. But homeschooling should cost what you can afford to spend in a perfect world. It's not always easy. Because we get inundated constantly with stuff. And what you kind of have to remember as you're scrolling through Instagram is, okay, that mom ordered that, mm-hmm. and that mom ordered that, and that mom ordered that. It's not all one mom ordering all these things. Like, everybody else isn't mm-hmm. doing the you know, really awesome nature project and the really awesome art project and the really awesome cooking project. They did one of those things. You know, you can do one of those things, but if you try to do all of them... Mm-hmm. You will go broke and get yeah, burned out no way. and be miserable and <laughs> <laughs> it's no good. So we have one last question and it's not really husband related unless your husband is a tea fan. And <laughs> I love this question. It's from Laura. I'm laughing just looking at it. I know Kara loves Trader Joe's vanilla cinnamon tea. I talk about it all the time. How do you know that? (laughs) Is it because it's all I talk about? Is it because I I wrote online that it would be one of the things I would save if my house was burning down after people and pets? Um, That you got it on the black market? (laughs) I did. (laughs) I did. It's terrible. Okay, so... I do. I love Trader Joe's vanilla cinnamon tea. And and Laura says, I'm also a fan. Could you share some of your other favorite teas? I think tea makes our school run some most all days. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Tea does make my whole There's some truth right there. For sure. Yes. So do you have favorites? I do. We have a few. My favorite since college has been Celestial Seasonings Tension Tamer. I just love it. It's my go-to tea. But I also love the hot cinnamon sunset and the mint from Harney and Sons. Mm -hmm. And you sent me a box of Tension Tamer tea. I had never had it before, and I love it. It's like this magical blend of lemony mint. I can't even explain it. It's so great. And I think it does tame tension. I think it does. As advertised. Actually, I got it left over from a person who caused a lot of attention. I'm not going to go into that, but it's kind of a funny story how I got hooked on it. (laughs) And it's just so funny because she left me with this wonderful tea that's just fantastic. And I love it. There you go. That's like your karmic like payback or whatever. What goes around comes around. I got some tension tamer. (laughs) I like the other two that you mentioned too. I really like that brand and I like that it comes in a little tin. That's cute and happy. Um, I like Republic of Teas Vanilla Almond. That's like my second favorite tea probably. And they have a decaf because I try not to drink too much caffeine, but I'm really bad at not drinking caffeine. And I love PG Tips. 
Um, Julie Bogart got me hooked on PG tips. (laughs) Very good. Um, And that's like my black tea that I, you know, like my basic black tea that I drink. Um, And then I like Trader Joe's chocolate mint tea. And my kids like that one too. And I have a friend that is as addicted to that as I am to the um, vanilla cinnamon. And I had an extra box in my pantry that I brought to her one day. And you would have thought that I brought her like a suitcase full of money or something. Is that seasonal too? Well, it is. It's got a teddy bear and a sweater on it. But I've seen that they're starting to carry it all year round. So... Trader Joe's, what's the deal? Why can't you make you my vanilla You guys need to start a petition or something. All year I would round. be so sad if Tension Tamers was seasonal. I just don't, like, yeah. it wouldn't be okay. <laughs> Last year, I bought 22 boxes <laughs> of Trader Joe's vanilla cinnamon tea. Was this in your homeschool budget? <laughs> it was not. This was, um, this was in my self-care budget. <laughs> I figured at the price, it was probably cheaper than therapy so I bought (laughs) 22 boxes it wasn't enough I've gone black market twice now I have bought like I've spent an irresponsible amount of money getting this tea sent to me and I had a thought when I went to open it like what if it's not like what if it's counterfeit it's not it's real I could tell um and then it's just the box filled with something yeah exactly (laughs) it's just catnip or something um Oregano from Tivana. I like their precious white peach and their cocoa caramel sea salt. Ooh. But I can't go into Tivana. I have to order it online now because they have the best salespeople ever. Like their training, I don't know what happens in their training program, but these people are like, they could convince. What is the thing? They could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman wearing white gloves. That's Tivana salespeople. I've never heard that before. <laughs> You've never heard that? <laughs> so, I've heard can't t- they could talk a dog off a meat wagon. <laughs> Have you heard that one? Are these no. regional too? <laughs> no, I love it though. Okay, yes. They could talk a dog off a meat wagon. <laughs> Yeah, they are incredibly good at sales. And so I walk in there and I'm like, hi, I just need two ounces of precious white peach. And I walk out and I'm like, well, I guess we're not eating groceries this week. You know, I mean, it's terrible. So I have to order online. Tea parties for everyone. Yeah, I I have to order online. Um, That's the key. And then you can put in coupon codes too. My kids really love the celestial seasonings. I think it is grape. They make sleepy time, right? Yeah, Yeah, they do. So they drink the grape-flavored Sleepy Time. I didn't realize it was Sleepy Time, in my defense, when I first bought it. And it has absolutely no impact on their behavior. <laughs> like I'm, not, I'm not trying to sedate them. <laughs> Although a little calm moment would be great, but that's their favorite. That's funny. <laughs> For poetry my, tea my kids that's like their the go-to. vanilla Sleepy Time tea. Um, and yes, also no impact, but, but it's, it's, it tastes really nice and it's... It's very comforting and... It's decaffeinated? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm going to... I know the answer is no. Do you watch Kimmy Schmidt? And, uh, no. I almost said invisible <laughs> Kimmy so Schmidt. I'm so behind on anything on television. I know. It's unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She's not invisible. Um, that's a different kind of show. That's, it's really funny. There's a part in it where one of the characters needs to give a speech and she's like, 
I need tea. And so Kimmy runs to get her tea and brings her the tea and she's like falling asleep. And she was like, I, what kind of tea was it? And she's like, it had a bear on it because oh, you're going to wake up. And it's like, no, it was sleepy time tea. So there's just something really like cozy about sleepy time yeah. tea, but not if it you yeah. have to give a not, big speech. Not if you're eight. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. So what is bringing you joy this week? Trumpet of the Swan. Aww. It is just one of those magical read-alouds and everyone's into it and there's never enough time for enough chapters and they talk about it all day long and it's just, it's sort of like BFG was our last really, really, really good one. It's just one of those ones that you know that they're going to remember and I love when you find one. I wish I could always have a read-aloud that was that good. Yeah. So that's I been love that book. So, Such so, a good so good. Oh, what about you? You know, my daughter had sign language this morning with my friend who is teaching her. And I sat across the table from her because I try to stay out of it because it's her thing. You know, I try not to watch, but she is so happy. And like in the middle of it, I just stopped what I was doing. And I sent my friend a quick note that I was like, I am so grateful for you. So I, I just am feeling really, really grateful for like friends across the miles and that Skype can bring us people and friendships. And I mean, we can do this podcast because of like meeting on the internet. I love it. So anyway, it just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. (laughs) It's a good time to homeschool. It is. It is. And that goes back to kind of what we talked about today, that there's so much good free stuff out there and tons of encouragement. So Oh my gosh. I was just, this week we're doing a, um, we're using barefoot or not barefoot. I always get them confused. Beautiful feet book, Mm -hmm. um, picture books around the world. And we're learning about China right now. And so I was able to just YouTube all these things that we were reading about in the books and watch these awesome documentaries or little clips. And my kids have so much, you know, real knowledge now based on these stories they're reading and it didn't cost I mean, the books cost something, but it's just such a neat time to homeschool. I think about, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years ago and how much harder it would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Without the internet at your fingertips. And that's the thing is it, whenever we get kind of doubtful about, oh, are we doing the right thing? We can't compare it to our own education because we didn't have these resources at hand that our kids have now. So we can't look back and say, oh, well, I would have done this or my teachers made me do this. That's right. like, that's, that's over now. That's not how it works anymore. There's so much more that our kids have access to. So it's amazing. Like we were learning about animal senses and we were reading all these books. And then I was like, let's just see if curiosity stream has anything. I type in animal senses and there was this three part documentary from BBC that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't get anything done. Cause I was just like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> the caribou can see an infrared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just so good. It is. It's a good time. Good time for us it to be is. homeschooling. We need to remember oh. that in February. <laughs> we do need to remember that in February. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, so one more time, real quick, to try a free audiobook from Audible. Maybe Trumpet of the Swan, we're just saying. Um, audibletrial.com slash sisters. We'd really appreciate it if you went through that link because it helps us to keep going with the podcast. And, and let us know which books you get and what if you like them or not. Yes. Yeah. As a book addict. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Because we're always looking for another really good 
um, yeah, either read aloud or audiobook because audiobooks are basically just car read alouds, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, we're actually we're listening to the I can never say this title because it's so long, but the from the mixed up files of Mrs. Mrs. Basil, Basil e. Frankweiler. Right? Okay. Yeah. We're listening to that right now, and that's a good one, too. We got yeah. it from the library, but it's probably on Audible. Really, we read really good. that last year, and I really, really liked that one. That was a good one. I remember too. loving it as a kid. Yeah. I never read it as a kid, but um, that's another thing I love about homeschooling. I get to read kids' books, and it's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> that might be, like, the main reason. <laughs> <laughs> I just get to read books and play games all day. I know. It's great. <laughs> you know how they say that what you do with your life should be the thing that you enjoyed when you were like a little kid? Boom. Nailed it. Boom. <laughs> it's so true. I get to build forts and read books. Right? Like throw in a horse that I could like just brush and like it would be everything. It would be... <laughs> All right. Well, it's been very fun talking with you today. Always fun talking to you. And um, we'll talk to everybody soon. We'll be back in a couple weeks with a new episode. Sounds good. All right. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'd love to answer your question next. So head to our site, thehomeschoolsisters.com and click on ask us a question. We share posts over there too. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes so we can connect with more sisters out there. And until next time, remember, you've got this sister. <laughs>